and thank you very much for listening to the Morning KLH. Dave and Doreen, along with Marcus, he is our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Radio. Jason Wilde, good morning. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? We're good. doing we're doing good. Okay, and you're my grounding wire. You're always our mm. grounding wire. So I want you to talk me off the ledge on this one because I think I'm getting a little too excited. Earlier today, we were talking about the last Packers team to win a Super Bowl, and that team. Oh boy, that mm-hmm. team went on the road. They went on a road. Not a lot was expected of them, right? They played all those road games. They won every one of them swept their way into the Super Bowl. What does this team have or not have vis-a-vis that team, and is there any way possible that happens this year? Well, after what they did to the Cowboys, I would, I'm, I'm going to sound like Kevin Garnett. Uh, anything is possible. But okay. uh, the big difference between the team you're thinking of and the team that is currently uh, playing football is that the they they had one of the NFL's best defenses in 2010. Okay. Uh they had Charles Woodson who was a field tilting player. They had uh Clay Matthews who I would argue and and this could change, but I would argue was far superior at that point uh even though he was only in a second year uh to Rashawn Gary. Like I I think Rashawn Gary's a good player, uh but they need more from him, right? I mean, he's He's had some games where he's had three sacks, and then he's had some games where he hasn't really impacted the game. If he can have an impact on Saturday night, uh, that would go a long way to helping their chances if they can get after Brock Purdy. So I would say on the defensive side of the ball, that is the most glaring difference. Jordan Love has been fantastic. I mean, absolutely awesome. And I think everyone that is a Packers fan should be celebrating how ridiculously good he has been eventually you're going to have a game where you're not star-spangled awesome. And I, I think there's a chance that against this defense, with the pressure they create, being on the road, I think there's a chance that the 49ers are the ones who find a way to kind of stop the unbelievable momentum that Jordan has. I, if I'm wrong, great, because then it's going to be a great game and the Packers are going to have a chance to win it. If I'm right, it could be a long night. Every time we have to kick an extra point or we're going to go for the field goal, I get nervous. I mean, Anders Carlson is not uh, – he's not 100%. He's not Mason Crosby. He's definitely not Mason Crosby. So, I mean, do we stick with him for the yeah, rest of this year? they're sticking with him, right, I mean, Jace? and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I, I got my second favorite old Italian man uh, ticked off yesterday. Uh, yeah, because – I. And I tried to frame it in a positive way because you know me, mm-hmm. very positive guy. That's uh-huh. right. Um, he, he, I mean, there's only so many ways you can ask, what the hell are you going to do about your rookie kicker who keeps missing extra points, right? And so I, I tried to frame it because, and this is 100% true. So he has missed a, at least one kick in nine of the last 11 games. That's scary. Uh, that's not good. Right, and a lot of them have been extra points. Uh, there's a couple of games where he missed multiple kicks, but it is true that he has yet to miss back-to-back kicks. And I thought that perhaps that was the way to get at some sort of answer from Rich Passaccia of 
you know, yeah, we're, we want him to make every kick, but it's really important that he doesn't have one miss lead to another miss right away, right, and get inside his head and whatever else. And and he basically said, I'm done. That, those games are in the past. If you have any questions about the 49ers, mm. uh, I'd be happy to answer them. And I wanted to say, yeah, do you think your kicker is going to miss another kick against the 49ers? <laughs> Uh, but I didn't. Okay. I held back. But but the bottom line is, yeah, that's a problem, and especially when the margin for error in the playoffs is so thin. I mean, that could be the difference between playing in the NFC Championship game and not. Because when you miss, the thing is, and and it doesn't always happen. It just feels like it always happens that when you miss an extra point, it comes back to haunt you. Right. Right. It always feels that way. It always feels like now suddenly you're. You know, you're, the the numbers are off, and they they the opponent takes a three point lead, whereas they would only have a two point lead or a four point lead instead of just a three point lead, and so it's a really big deal. And yeah, they're standing by him, and that's all great. They knew this was going to be the case, but the the crazy thing is, is this whole plan of going young has worked just about everywhere, except with the kicker, like everyone else. Offensive linemen, tight ends, wide receivers, Jordan Love. They've all, their arrow has pointed up during the second half of the season. And Anders Carlson's the one that has pointed the other direction. So we talk an awful lot about Jordan Love's growth and improvement throughout the season. Is that directly related to the offensive line improving throughout the season? It's because of a lot of things, right? Like, you know, it's, it's because... Um, Matt LaFleur, as we've talked about, you know, told him that he had to let it rip as a, as a thrower, but then Matt LaFleur realized, Hey, if I'm going to tell him that, then I got to let it rip as a play caller. It's the fact that these young wide receivers have finally figured out what they were doing. And they had that little meeting after the game in Pittsburgh in the visitors locker room of whatever the heck they call Heinz field. Now, Aquashore um, stadium. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, uh, the, the, that they said we got to get our you know what together, and they have the fact that Aaron Jones, the last four games has run for over 100 yards. That certainly helps. But to me, the offensive line has given him time. And Matt Lafleur had a great quote yesterday, uh, very insightful. I don't know if you guys knew this, but it's hard to throw when you're on your back, uh, and it's true. And he has not been on his back very much. Those first eight games when they were struggling, uh, he's. He had 18 sacks, and in the last 10 games, he's had a total of 12. Uh, I'm no mathematician, but that's fewer in more games, mm-hmm. and that's really good, and that, that has helped him a lot. All right, what about Jair Alexander and A.J. Dillon not practicing? How does that affect us? Yeah, I, it, it, certainly, I mean, it certainly affects A.J. Dillon. I, I think he'll probably be without him once again. I mean, he must have really gotten a pretty bad stinger. In his back, because apparently it's not his thumb; it's the it's the neck issue that's keeping him out. Uh, I it sounds, and again, the way this season has gone with Jair, uh, I would not put any sort of uh, valuable piece of my life on his chances of playing. But it sounds like they are expecting him to play. You know, these practices aren't really practices anyway. They've kind of taken an approach with uh, what they've been up against in terms of the gauntlet of the last several weeks that. They've been doing these jog-through practices. I wanted to make a snarky remark yesterday to LaFleur when we saw that Jair didn't take part in the jog-through by saying, uh, did you guys just decide it was too dangerous to have him taking part in jog-through? 
<laughs> I don't I, look. I don't. I can't think of a time where a guy has sprained his ankle in a jog through practice. Oh. Like jog throughs are exactly what they sound like. You jog through the plays. That n- nothing dangerous should occur, and the fact that he managed to sprain his ankle in a jog through is astounding to me. And again, you're 28 covering this team, and I had never heard of that before. So. He played, he had the interception, then he aggravated his ankle later in the game and came out. But, look, he, they need him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this, is, this is a team with all kinds of weapons everywhere, right? I mean, Christian, Wa- Christian Watson, Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. George Kittle is one of the best tight ends. Devo Samuel is one of the best hybrid wide receiver running back, versatile chess pieces in the league that Packers would love if Jaden Reed could be like him. And then Brandon Ayuk, who, by the way, a lot of people, including me, believe, is who the Packers would have picked instead of Jordan Love if the 49ers hadn't traded up in front of them at 25 in the 2020 draft and taken Ayuk has become a really, really good wide receiver. And so then they took Jordan Love at 26, which turned out to be great. I would love to get Goody to admit at some point that their plan was to take Ayuk, and the the 49ers foiled that plan. But it worked out great. But Brandon Ayuk is now going to face them, and he is a really good player too. So you want Jair Alexander at his best, like we saw him on Sunday, out there. So what's the bigger ask of the Packers if we're going to beat the 49ers this weekend? The offensive line protecting Jordan Love or the defensive front bringing pressure to Brock Purdy? Yeah, you, you know what you're bringing are some great questions. There you go. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be like a Taylor Swift question coming up next. But, um, look, I, they're both really important. I'm going to cop out on that, Marcus, because, uh, look, that group up front for the 49ers, I mean, not only – are they all basically first-round picks except Hargraves? Uh, they're all like high first-round picks. I mean, they've got Chase Young, who they picked up from uh, Washington, who is, I mean, he was like the third or second overall pick a few years ago. Like he's, and he's like a fifth guy. And so uh, that's a big challenge. Obviously, the Packers' offensive line, as we talked about earlier, has been really good, but this is going to be another level. And then Purdy under pressure, I mean, you know, you saw what Baltimore did to him. Uh, he threw four interceptions in a game. Now, unfortunately, the Packers have Joe Barry's defense, not the Ravens' defense. But if they can do that, then that gives them a chance. And, and I still – I will be really surprised if this is a blowout. Now, I was really surprised hmm. last week that it was a blowout. Because I didn't expect a blowout, A, and B, I didn't expect the Packers to be doing the blowing outing. Right. So it was, it was, it'll be, re- I think this is going to be a really good game on Saturday night. I still think the 49ers are the better team. I think the magical run probably comes to an end, but after what we've seen, uh, who am I to bet against them? Jason, as always, thank you for the insight, and we look forward to talking to you on Monday because. It just might be a Packers team on the way to the NFC Championship game. You just never know. You never know. I'll be packing for Detroit. Yes. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. You too. Jason Wildey, our Green and Gold Insider, co-host of Wildey and Tausch on ESPN. And brought to you by our fine sponsors, Mr. Holland's Home Services. 
Call 866-992-1717 or MrHollandsHomeServices.com. And also brought to you by DJ's Transmissions and Milwaukee Muscle Cars and Restoration. Buying vintage rides and muscle cars. Visit DJ'sTransmissions.com. Jason will be part of the Morning KLH.